Grace and peace to you this morning. We're, we're glad that you're here. We want to welcome you um, here. All those you're joining us in person, those who are joining us in line, it's so wonderful to, to see the kids and hear the kids and watch them get all those wiggles out. Um, wonderful things happening. You know, uh, sometimes you might wonder, uh, how, how can I draw closer to Christ? Uh, maybe, maybe you wrestle with that from time to time. You know, there's opportunities to do that. Monday, serving at Amen. The other thing is, is reading this book, The Imitation of Christ, and discussing it with a group of people. We would love to have you on Tuesday mornings at coffee. If not, I know there's some people who work who just can't make that. Um, you know, that's a great book to buy and read on your own. Or if you need a copy, just come see me. I'm, I've got several copies, and I can, I can give you one. And also Wednesday nights. It's been a, a great thing to get together on Wednesday nights and eat a meal together and watch this show, The Chosen. I know it's blessed uh, many people's lives. We're, we're wrapping up a series this morning on identity, and I hope this has blessed you. Next week, we're going to start a series on the Gospel of John. And one of the reasons why we're doing that is because in January, we're going to have some activities for our kids, and we want our kids to learn the first half of the Gospel of John, and we'll kind of have like a Bible bowl and, um, you know, art projects to go along with that, just, just various different categories. I'll be telling you more information about that, but if you have a kid that's anywhere from uh, kindergarten to 12th grade, they can participate in this, and it's not just going to be us, it's going to be all kind of local congregations, and so just keep that in mind. And so we, we've observed uh, throughout this series that the identity is this significant issue in our culture. In fact, I, I believe that more people are probably wrestling with identity issues now than maybe at any other time in human history. We are confused about who we are. However, we must also acknowledge that identity has always been this important subject. And we see this in one of the more famous passages from the New Testament, it's Matthew 16, 13 through 16. You've, you've heard this before, but, but listen to it again. Now, when Jesus came into the district of Caesarea, Caesarea Philippi, he asked his disciples, who do people say that the Son of Man is? And they said, well, some say John the Baptist, others say Elijah, and others Jeremiah or one of the prophets. And he said to them, but who do you say that I am? And Simon Peter replied, you're the Christ, the Son of the living God. And so Jesus knows who he is, but he asks others what they think, how they are viewing him. Who do people say the Son of Man is? Who do you say that I am? He, he wants to know what others are thinking about his identity. And so questions concerning identity... Uh, were, were relevant even back in Jesus' time. We've looked at what we are. We've looked at who we are. We've noticed how, how the Bible begins by informing us that, that all people are created in the image of God. And this is something that's not just mentioned once, but it's found throughout Scripture. We've also observed how sin has corrupted the image of God within us. And so we're not always who we should be because of sin. However, we are known by God, and we are loved by God, and we are His children, and we are to live into this reality. 
And our identity is complex, and there's much that goes into the formation of it. It's not just one thing. You know, it's our parents, it's our surroundings, it's our friends, our education, our race, our jobs, and and, and multiple different things. And when we try to make any of these things ultimate, that's when we begin to run into trouble. Because we're more than our family, and we're more than our schooling, and we're more than our race, and we're more than our occupation. There's only one thing that, that should be ultimate in our lives... And that's Jesus. But we even see this in Scripture. The, the Bible points to, to, to many things that help to form our identity. We are created in the image of God. We are known by God. We are children of God. We are loved by God. These are all important. And yet there is something more. When it comes to identity, Scripture points to one ultimate answer. And that's what we're talking about this morning. That, that answer is Jesus. And he holds the clues to who we are. And so one of the phrases that appears over and over again in the New Testament is in Christ. And it just shows up all over the place. Um, here are just a few passages. And so Colossians 1.28. Him we proclaim, that is Jesus we proclaim, warning everyone and teaching everyone with all wisdom that we may present everyone mature in Christ. Uh, This is the goal of Paul's ministry, is to present people mature in Christ. This is the goal for all of us, to become mature in Christ, to grow up in Christ, to keep becoming like Him every day. It's something that that we should be focused on and, and be striving towards. And then you have a passage like 2 Corinthians 5.17. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old has passed away. Behold, the new has come. And so when we are in Christ, we become something new. We are a new creation. We have a new beginning. And again, this, this language is found throughout the New Testament because this is our new identity. We are in Christ and this should change everything. Uh, We see it most explicitly in Galatians 2 and verse 20. I have been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. And so becoming a Christian means that we have a new identity. It means that we die to ourselves. We die to who we were. And Christ lives in us. And this is not burdensome. It is freeing because Jesus is who we were created to be. He is the image of God. He is the image of God without sin. He is the image of God without corruption. And so the life of being a Christian is one of being transformed into the image of Christ. I'm going to give you a couple quotes here, but C.S. Lewis talks about this um, at length in Mere Christianity. In fact, if you have that book at home, you might just go back and read this chapter. There's lots of wonderful quotes. I'm just going to take two of them and uh, read them this morning. Um, The first one's this. Put right out of your head the idea that these are only fancy ways of saying that Christians are to read what Christ said and try to carry it out. 
as a man may read also what Plato said and try to carry it out. They mean something much more than that. And so what he's saying here is we're not just obeying commands. We're not just imitating Christ. Something more is happening. When we read Scripture, um, something more is going on than when we read Plato or read whatever other book we're reading. What is this other thing? Well, he begins to describe it. He says, they mean that a real person, Christ, here and now, in that very room where you are saying your prayers, is doing things to you. It's not a question of a good man who died 2,000 years ago. It is a living man. Still as much a man as you and still as much God as he was when he created the world, really coming and interfering with your very self killing the old natural self in you and replacing it with the kind of self he has. At first, only for moments, then for long periods. Finally, if all goes well, turning you permanently into a different sort of thing, into a new little Christ, a being which in its own small way has the same kind of life as God which shares in his power, joy, knowledge, and eternity. In another passage, he adds, Jesus came to this world and became a man in order to spread to other men the kind of life he has by what I call good infection. Every Christian, not just some, he says every Christian is to become a little Christ. The whole purpose of becoming a Christian is simply nothing else. And so our whole purpose as Christians is to become what Lewis calls little Christ. And that might seem like a funny term to you. You may have never heard anyone talk like that before. Um, But it's not much different than saying that we're Christians. Um, That's kind of what the word Christian means. We're saying that we belong to Christ. Our identity is found in Christ and that we're becoming like him. And Lewis correctly explains that this does not happen on our own. He reminds us that Jesus is alive, that Jesus rose from the grave, and that we are serving a living Christ, and the living Christ is at work in our lives. And we see this in passages like 2 Corinthians 3.18. And we all, with unveiled face, beholding the glory of the Lord, beholding the glory of Christ, are being transformed into that same image. What image? The image of Christ. From one degree of glory to another, for this comes from the Lord who is the Spirit. And and, and this is a really helpful passage because it describes how we are transformed into the image of Christ. As we look at Jesus, as we behold the glory of the Lord, The Lord, who is the Spirit, is at work within us. And so transformation is not all us, neither is it all God. It's both. As we pursue transformation, God is at work within us. So the term little Christ that, that Lewis uses is helpful when we begin to talk about identity. Becoming like Christ does not mean that that we abandon every aspect of our identity. 
You know, we still have families. We still have occupations. We still live in a place. We still have our gender and our race. We don't stop being a parent or stop being a spouse. We don't abandon our gender or race. We continue to be all these things, but now what happens is that Christ transforms how we parent. Christ transforms what we do for a living. We become a Christian parent, a Christian spouse, a Christian worker, and even a Christian male or Christian female. The center of our identity is in Christ. And so this transforms everything else that is still a part of our identity. It transforms our relationships, our occupations, our citizenship, our bodies, and so on and so on. We are a new person with a new identity. And all of this is a blessing because to be fully human, and this is what people wrestle with nowadays, but to be fully human is to be like Jesus. And this is stated to or alluded to in many different passages in the New Testament. But I want to give you one this morning that's really interesting. And it happens at the crucifixion of Jesus. And it comes, why it's interesting is because it comes from an unlikely source. And so I'll just say we must remember when we're reading the Bible that truth is all over the place. And sometimes that truth can even be found in places that we least expect it. And John 19 and verse 5 is an example of this. It says, So Jesus came out wearing the crown of thorns and the purple robe, and Pilate said to him, Behold the man. Now many of you have probably read this passage before. Maybe you read it without even stopping to consider what Pilate is saying here. I mean, it's Pilate, after all. You know, it's, it's important to know um, who's speaking when we're reading the Bible. It's important to know that Satan is a liar and Satan likes to twist Scripture. And so, you know, we shouldn't try to live our lives by the words of Satan, even though that it's found within Scripture. However, there are times when even corrupt individuals speak a word of truth. And this is one of those times. As Jesus stands before Pilate, clothed with a a purple robe and and wearing a crown of thorns, Pilate says, and not just to him, but, but to everyone there, he says, Behold the man. Now we can imagine how Pilate says this. He's mocking Jesus. He is not being genuine at all. But what Pilate does not realize is that his words are absolutely true. He is speaking truth here to all these people and doesn't even know it. What do these words mean? They mean that Jesus is the perfect human being. You know, we are broken, we are sinful, we have been corrupted, we need to be restored, we need to become who we were meant to be. And Jesus comes and Jesus shows us this. He comes to earth to teach us how to live. And he gives us a model. And it's as Lewis says, 
Jesus became a man in order to spread to other men the kind of life he has. He is the man. He is the image of God. And as Paul says in 2 Corinthians, we are to behold him. We are to behold his image and strive to be like him knowing that, that, that God is working in us to make this happen. And so our new identity is Christ. And we need to embrace that with every fiber of our being. So as we, as we wrap up this series, I, I want to make two things clear. The first is this, if, you, if you're wrestling with your identity, and, and we all do from time to time, you know, we, we can talk about this. It's helpful to talk about it with Christian friends, with people you trust. The, you know, there, there are times in life where we you know, have identity issues. It happens. But if, if, if you're wrestling with your identity, what I would say to you is embrace Christ. And that may sound simplistic, uh, but it's not. It, it's true. Because Jesus is the answer to our identity problem. We have problems because what we've done is, is we've taken something else and, and we've made it ultimate. Or, or, or we have problems because we do not have a, a foundation for our, our identity, or maybe we have the wrong foundation. Um, we have problems because we don't have a purpose in life. We have problems because we don't know that we are loved. And, and Jesus is the answer to all these problems and, and more. And so if you're confused, if you do not know what to do, and then there's a lot of people like this in the world today, what I would say is just embrace Christ. Learn about Him. Become like Him. Model your life after His. Find your identity in Christ, and, and you're going to be blessed. The second thing I'd say is that pursuing Christ is the ultimate adventure. And, and we need adventures. Um, you know, within Christianity, we sometimes have this false notion that becoming a Christian is sort of the climax of our faith. That we're baptized and we receive all of our spiritual blessings and, you know, that's it. And we just kind of put our lives into cruise control and we just coast along. And if that's how you view your Christian walk, then, then I would just say to you this morning, you're missing out. Because becoming a Christian is just the beginning. It's the start of a new journey to become like Jesus. And if you're still at the same place you were when you were baptized, then, then you're still at the starting line. And I cannot emphasize this enough, you know, choosing daily to become like Jesus is the great adventure of discovering ourselves. Um, our identity is not set in stone. We can find ourselves at age 30, age 40, 50, 60, 70, or beyond. And, and we find ourselves, we, we do this by pursuing Christ. He holds the key to understanding our identity. You know, the first time that 
Jesus speaks in the Gospel of John, he asks one of the most important questions that, that any of us will ever consider. The first thing he says in the Gospel of John, and I messed it up, I didn't have it there, um, but he says, What are you seeking? John 1, verse 38. What are you seeking? And, and how we answer this question, it says much about our identity. And I know how we're all going to answer it here on Sunday morning as we sit and worship, you know. Um, but how do we answer this question, what are we seeking? How do we answer it on Monday morning? Or on Wednesday afternoon? Or at Friday at 5 o'clock? Or at Saturday at noon? You know, what are you seeking every moment of every day? What is your goal? What are you running towards. It could be that we struggle with our identity because we're not a part of this grand adventure that God has called us to. We are to become like Jesus. We are to be transformed into his image. And, and we do this in multiple different ways. We, we, we do it by embracing the Sermon on the Mount, this challenging new way of living that doesn't look like anything else in the world. We, we do it by having our minds transformed and by thinking like Jesus rather than thinking how we used to think. And we do it by seeking Christ at home and seeking Christ in our jobs and seeking Christ with our friends and seeking Christ in our hobbies and seeking Christ in all that we do until it becomes who we are. So much so that when someone asks, just comes along out of the blue and asks, what are you seeking? We do not hesitate. We immediately answer, we are seeking Jesus. Let's pray. God, we come before you this morning thanking you for this opportunity to come together as fellow Christians to enjoy this this fellowship and this camaraderie and to focus our minds and our hearts and our souls and our spirit and our attention all on you. Father, we all realize that life can be hard at times. It's not easy and things get confusing and we don't always know what it is we should do. I pray that as we have discussed these issues concerning identity, that we would keep coming back to Jesus. And that we would know and understand that uh, whatever's happening around us, whatever is happening in life, it's always right to follow Jesus. It's always right to cling to Jesus. And so may we do this. May we seek Jesus more than anything else. May we become like him. May we live like him. May we remember that we are all in Christ, and this is our identity. This is who we are, and we're grateful this is only possible because of what Jesus did for us on the cross, and it's in his name we pray. Amen. We're so glad you're here this morning. Um, receive this blessing from the book of Numbers. The Lord bless you and keep you. 
The Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace. Amen. If you're here this morning and we can help you in any way, if you have a need, if there's something that we can do for you, won't you come now as we stand and as we sing.